Well, welcome everyone to the Ag Market Network, the January 12th edition of our program of the Cotton Market Teleconference. Uh, my name is Pat McClatchy. I'm the moderator of the program. Our broadcast is sponsored by it's, uh, by BASF. Uh, they are a long-term sponsor of ours. As I think all of you know, BASF is the owner of Fibermax and Stoneville Cottonseed. We appreciate what they do to make this possible for you because we, we, we think this is something valuable for farmers to be able to have access to, so we thank them for that. Today's program uh, is uh, going to be led by Kip Butts. Kip will be leading our con- cotton panel, and then after he talks about the crop report, then we'll open it up uh, to, our, uh, to our speakers and, and, uh, and just see what they'd like to talk about. Kip, thanks for leading us today. Well, thank you, Pat. Um, thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in today and listening to this conversation. Um, to the January report typically is not a really impactful report, and this kind of proved uh, the same sort of thing. But there were some pretty interesting changes in here, primarily the U.S. I'm just going to kind of recap this from about 50,000 feet, and uh, the folks with me can uh, kind of fill in blanks if I leave something out. The, U, the world stocks uh, were down 720,000 bales on, on the WASDE report. That was a function of uh, a small change in the beginning stocks of 170,000, uh, reduction in production of about 610,000. Domestic use or world uh, mill use was down about 30,000. Kind of importantly, about a 400,000 bale or so increase, uh, decrease rather in world trade. That's not a surprise. It's just a question of how big the number would be. These logistical problems uh, that have occurred worldwide um, makes that sort of change uh, not surprising. Um, most important for us in the short term, of course, the U.S. balance sheet, which showed a, a little over 650,000 bale decline in production, a modest increase in mill use, and an expected decline in exports, given uh, what we've seen so far this year. Production was impacted primarily by a reduction in the Texas yield. Exports were reduced in response to supply chain issues. that are beginning to modestly improve, but may not improve enough in the long term to avoid yet another reduction later in the, in the marketing year. Um, mill use has increased just a little bit uh, in the U.S., that's uh, because you saw better use, of course, uh, so far this year, which, again, is not a surprise given the, the sort of logistical problems we've seen in the international markets. Smaller U.S. ending stocks, only about 200,000, uh, are modestly supportive for U.S. prices, uh, not only in the short term, but we'll talk about this, I'm sure, later about the potential for uh, the impact on next year's. Um, in the world of Lower U.S. and Indian production were more than offset uh, increases in China, Australia, and Pakistan. Uh, China's balance sheet showed a larger production, uh, smaller imports, pretty good reduction in domestic use, about a half million, but an increase in ending stocks of about 200,000. The Xinjiang situation continues to impact mill use as Chinese textile product exports uh, continue to slow just a bit. Well, and part of that's due to the internal situation there, but part of it, again, is impacted by this uh, supply thing, which 
in almost every kind of discussion we have, we're going to, that seems to come up one way or another. In the short term, India and Pakistan are the primary beneficiaries of the Xinjiang fallout. However, the COVID-19 environment may be masking longer-term changes in mill-use pattern changes and trade flow changes that result from the eventual or continued shunning of Xinjiang. Western Hemisphere mill-use is showing strong increases, at least on a percentage basis, and that may be an indicator of what uh, what's to come as we go ahead here. Um, U.S. and global economy is currently very fragile, with recent strong inflation and continuing supply chain issues weighing as the world moves into a post-pandemic environment. Strong U.S. inflation, today's numbers, I think we're right at or almost 7% uh, on a month-to-month basis. Um, and supply chain issues are continuing to have some interesting impacts on U.S. cotton acreage in the coming year. Uh, I suspect that's where our discussion may be going uh, in the after we get through this balance sheet. Just a quick review of some other pretty big uh, changes in the world. Australia saw a slight increase, as I mentioned, in production a couple of hundred thousand, which increased their exports a hundred thousand. India had a pretty big decline, a half a million bales in production. Uh, their mill use increased 200,000, which is kind of an important uh, part of this balance sheet is that their ending stocks will decrease 700,000, and that could have some implications uh, And next year or possibly even years to follow because of that. Uh, I mentioned that the mill use was down in China, was down a half million, and ending stocks did increase there 200,000. Um, and I think, I see, Pakistan had a few changes as well. Um, 100,000 production, they increased their imports on this report, 200,000, and domestic use was increased 100,000 as well. The result of that was a 200,000 barrel increase. On balance, um, I think that these numbers were not terribly surprising. And on balance, uh, I think most of what people expected, maybe uh, magnitude a little bit bigger than some thought uh, in some places, but other than that, I think this was probably a, a, a well-expected report. I think that uh, for the basis of our discussion, I think this is probably uh, – as in-depth as we need to go, unless y'all saw something that I didn't and we need to talk about. We're going to open this thing up for everybody uh, like we usually do, but I do want people listening to know we will, a little bit later, open up the lines for questions, so be prepared for that if, mm-hmm. uh, if you do have a question. So let's go ahead and open it up for, every, for our speakers. Well, one of the things I sort of led into a moment ago was uh, – the impact of the U.S. inflation and its potential impacts on U.S. cotton acreage in the coming year. Any comments on that from uh, Gerald, ROA? What what are your thoughts on that? I'm waiting, Gerald. (laughs) I thought I I fell off the conversation here. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, well, obviously, we're, we're not that uh, input prices hadn't already increased, but that's just going to push them up more. Uh, it's going to make for a uh, uh, not less expensive crop. It's, it's going to make for a more expensive crop with less input. Uh, 
I don't know that, well, we could lose some acreage because of this. We could see some acreage going to beans. Uh, uh, we won't lose any acreage on that basis to corn. Uh, in fact, uh, if anything, we might gain a very marginal amount from corn on that basis. But uh, it, it's very problematic in that regard. It, I personally don't think we'll lose any acreage. I think, Kip, you and I spoke yesterday. I think it might put more acreage in West Texas in the dryland acre acreage, uh, dryland area. Just uh, plant it and go back later to see if there's anything to harvest. Uh, but uh, uh, th- that would be my comment. Yep. Uh, right. Right. Gerald, did, did you do you have anything? Because I'm pretty much in line with what what uh, Oa was just talking about, and uh, and I don't know if you have any insight that that's different than that. Gerald? Gerald? Did we lose Gerald? I'm showing it oh, on I'm sorry. I, I, I stuck it on mute, I, which uh. probably should I do more. I should do more often. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, the, uh, no, what, I, what seems, it seems what I'm picking up is that, yeah, there could be a slight increase in, in, in acres in the Mid-South and Maybe even the, in the in the southeast, but it, you know, what people are saying, and and I think the initial reaction is it's probably not going to be what you might expect with ninety five cent cotton, given the increase in, in input prices. Um, outside of that, you know, I, I agree with everything. Well, you know, we've got the, the, the higher input prices, and but that affects, you know, across the board each of the commodities in and of itself. We've also got a situation in South America where I think that the ongoing drought there is impacting or at least giving a, uh, some sort of uh, rhetorical uh, support to soybean prices. And because uh, in the Mid-South and Southeast, uh, the cost of production, the input cost between cotton and soybeans are are so dramatic. I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, if we might not see a little bit more of a, uh, a switch to soybeans. I'm not in wholesale, but necessarily, but get a, soybeans having a bigger impact on cotton area than than we might expect, because at least in the short term, it sure looks like this inflation is going to stay with us, and so. Oftentimes, I think, and, and maybe some of our listeners can help us out with this. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just uh, discretion is a better part of valor. Let me not spend quite so much money in this inflationary environment, and have the prospects of beans. Maybe if that drought continues, to give me a pretty good return. So I'm a little concerned that beans may have a bigger impact where they are a um, an option for the farmer than we might have thought uh, just a few weeks ago, even. Well, we can come back to talk about the market in just a second. Let's open up the lines. If you're out there and you would like to ask a question of our panel, uh, I'm going to open up the lines. Now, if, it get, if the static gets a little uh, high after you ask the question, I might re-mute re- it again. But uh, let's go ahead and see if we've got any uh, questions of our listeners. All right, do you have yeah, a question? This is Ed Teal from Abernathy, Texas, and there is quite a few gins still ginning cotton and some still in the fields. 
So I don't know if they've counted all the bells we're going to have for the old crop, but my other question is, what do you think the new crop could get to over a dollar, or is it dollar stretching it? Anybody want to take that? Well, well, Ed, this is Gerald Nieper. I was just down at the Beltwide in, in San Antonio last week, and, and uh, I, I mentioned that I thought 95 cents was going to be a lot of resistance, but I felt like we could get through it, and I had a target zone, if you will, of uh, 98 cents to 104 for the new crop. Um, that seems like a stretch, but, heck, you know, we're at 96.50 today, so, you know, you don't have to stretch too much for there just to get the 98 cents. So, yeah, I think that's a possibility. You could you could creep over you could creep over a dollar. Okay, thanks. All right. Ed, this is OA. Uh, regards to you and your family, uh, but uh, you know it's already at 96 and a half. It's uh, uh, and and we're seeing the Brazilians uh, suggest that we're going to see a 14% acreage increase in cotton. But I, I still, despite that, I think we have to think in terms of, yes, Gerald's uh, 104 limit, uh, if I can use not to put words in his mouth, but I think that's very much a, a possibility, particularly, and we might talk about this later, we might not. We've still got a tremendous amount of uh, uh, on-call sales relative to purchases that have to be dealt with, and most of those are only May and the July, but uh, Kip and Gerald will, want, will comment, comment possibly later on that. Thank you. All right. Thank you, O.A. All right. What other questions? Anyone else have any other questions or comments? Mm-hmm. All right, let me uh, let me get this muted again. Pat, if I may, to go ahead and jump in real quick, and uh, maybe Gerald and Kip both can comment a whole lot better than I can on the moisture situation in South Texas and the bend. Well, what, what I'm hearing is that uh, the subsoil soil moisture is in pretty decent shape. It's not terrific, but it's in pretty good shape. But everybody's looking for a, you know, one and a half to two inch rain to get for planting rain to get things going. Well, that's what that's what I'm hearing. Generally, generally speaking, in that four county region around Corpus there. What about up in the up 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 farther north around Lubbock? I mean, it's uh, there's some talk about some drought conditions up there, even though it's early. What anybody got any thoughts on that? I do not. This way, I, I've not talked to my long range weatherman about that. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any insight on that either at this point. As you say, it is kind of early, and I really haven't started looking at that at least at, at, with the earnestly right now. Okay. It doesn't look, you know, when you, just the, the latest, you know, drought monitor map from last week. Um, yeah, there's some areas, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in one end that look, uh, that's got the red on it. Not the deep red, but uh, certainly red on it that uh, is indicating, you know, some some problems. Okay. Well, Let's discuss this. What about? Uh, I mean, we've heard some. 
We've heard about some ports that were closed in China. What, 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 do, uh, Gerald? What do you hear as far as that's that's concerned? Well, you know, again, you know, China's got this policy right now of just, you know, you you find one person with with COVID, they want to shut everything down, you know, within a you know two hundred mile stretch, you know, around that person. But uh, so, you know, that's the only reason I would say that the. You know there there are some port problems in China, but they're all biting at the bit to actually get back to work. You know, if it wasn't for these, you know, if it wasn't for the the mandated shutdowns. Okay. Any? You know, I just thought of this. This is not a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't thought of it at all until just now. But China, with the uh, Olympics coming up, and they're battle to get good PR on that. I wonder if we may have wider spread shutdowns that might affect some textile areas. I I do not have a good feel for that. Do either of you, any of three of you, have a comment on that? I don't. I just have to check on it. I have Thank no you. idea. Are, 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 are they allowing, and I'm not even sure, are they even allowing visitors to come in from out of out of country other than, you know, the athletes? The athletes themselves. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. They have a 60-mile uh, quarantine limit around the places. But then again, they have so many uh, venues that you have to travel to. I, I don't know. I'll shut up. I, have, I guess I had a bad question there. Go ahead. <laughs> The COVID thing is, I, Gerald and I talked about this this morning, and he may think I'm flip-flopping, and I may be. The COVID thing is going to bite us a little bit the way the Chinese are operating everything, particularly now that we see that Chinese exports uh, or imports have been reduced to half a million bales. That actually did surprise me, Kip. Uh, I, 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 I've got to go back and study that some, but I'm concerned that uh, I was not anticipating their textile business slowing, but uh, possibly it is. Well, you know, I mentioned earlier, I, I think that part of this textile slowdown in China has been due to this, uh, this Xinjiang fallout, and I, I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to change much, but I, I think that's been exacerbated by yes. the COVID shutdowns, and and, and to the, the point Gerald made, I mean, they, it just, if there's one person there, they shut down, it's, <laughs> I mean, it, it really is zero tolerance, so trying to keep track of this is really sort of uh, almost a fool's errand because we don't know where someone's going to show up next, whether it's in the Texas region or not. It's it's almost luck of the draw is, is where it might occur. So I'm, I'm not expecting us to see much of an increase in this mill use in China uh, very dramatically until we get to a, a post-pandemic environment. And then I think they're going to try to just where they can outside the the Xinjiang um, situation, I think they're going to try to pick it back up. Pat, stay 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 on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Oh wait, stay stay staying with uh, with with exports and things. I let me jump to FAS that I have fussed at from time to time. I, I uh, commend them this week's world this today's world cotton uh, comments was showing that uh, had a very nice chart in there that I had seen but Gerald shared with me as well uh, that showed that uh, 
as we well know, Chinese prices are the highest in the world. And U.S. and India is, I believe, is second. The U.S. is like third or fourth. But uh, now Brazil is higher than the U.S. The U.S. is the the lowest uh, major producing country, uh, lowest price major producing country. So uh, that that should bode well for us. But at the same time, the the the, the traffic shipment situation is is very negative. But it's it's most interesting to see. China, the, the, if I may flip-flop a couple of countries, China is the highest price, India is the second highest price, uh, maybe uh, Brazil's the third highest price. I'm not including Australia, of course, uh, different grade. But, and, and then you get down to the United States, so uh, being the cheaper growth in those terms, uh, most interesting to me anyway, good market. Any, any other comments? Well, I said I didn't hit anybody over the head with that. So. <laughs> Thank you. Let's talk about let's talk about prices. Uh, you know, um, Gerald, you kind of touched on it already, but let's go back to you, and you can lead it off and kind of uh, reestablish where you think this market can go. I mean, you can touch on old crop if you want, but old crop and then new crop. And how far it might back back off. Uh, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Kip, and then we'll go to OA. Well, thank you. Um, you know, this is always the dangerous part of the program. Um, you know, we get too we get too bullish, and the market drops 300 points the next two days. Um, we get too bearish, and the market rallies. You know, just, just the same. Um, I, you know, we took out 118.50 on the March contract, and that was a contract high. We got up to 118.99 and just stopped dead in its tracks. Um, I, and, and the market is starting to get a bit frothy from a technical perspective. So, you know, I've been looking for a correction for the last two or three days, and it hasn't happened. It just goes to show the, you know, the, the strength in the underlying market here. Um, you know, there there is inquiry out there, um, particularly you know out of the Indian subcontinent and 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 uh, in China and Vietnam. I mean, there's there's decent inquiry out there. It's just getting the stuff moved. So, and and these mills, as Owe mentioned earlier, these mills are are really, you know, sort of boxing themselves into a corner. You know, they they need the cotton, so they buy it. They buy it on call, and then at some point they've all got to scramble to, to cover those on-call positions or, or roll it forward. I think what's interesting is, you know, it's not just a current crop, you know, inversion problem. It's, it's, it's new crop, too. I mean, you look at uh, uh, March, May, or December, December March, and, and, you know, some of those inversions – I don't. I'm not sitting in front of the screen right now, but um, they're greater than the than the current inversion. So you know, there seems to be a real demand for cotton all the way out there, or or, or else a, a feeling that there's going to be, you know, people are going to need cotton going all the way through this crop year, and and certainly into um, you know into next year. I mean, July, you know. 23 December 23 is at about a six and a half cent inversion, um, so it's just it's going to make things difficult for for people who are long the basis. 
uh, over time, if, if they can't move the cotton, but if, you, if it's inverted and you're along the basis, you want to move that stuff. You want to sell that stuff and get that carry off your plate. That, that no doubt about it. So, you know, the contract high for this crop year is 121.67. Can March take that out? Yeah, I think it can. But it, we're starting to get a little bit frothy. Even the December contract, as much as I think we're going to continue to go higher. That's probably the most overbought contract, you know, out there in, in as far as the front four months are concerned. So, you know, um, it that probably needs to correct a little bit before it moves higher. But, but geez, you know, when, when you look at this market, who really wants to be a seller in in the market at at, at these price levels? So we've we've got we've got a little ways to go. So March could. Could eventually take out, you know, 121.67, maybe run up to 122 to 124. Um, the uh, the new crop again. I'm looking for 98 cents to 104 at some point. Um, and if you know, it's probably if it's going to happen, it's probably going to happen prior to everybody getting their crop in. I mean, people are going to be watching the weather. They're going to see if you know if the crop is late getting in. And um, if it's late getting in for, for weather problems, that's probably going to encourage it to, to move higher. And then, and then as we get into the late spring, April, May, June particularly, you know, the thing's going to drift off a little bit. But gosh, you know, there's such good technical and fundamental support underneath this market that I, you know, I, I, I can't see either current crop or new crop, specifically December, dropping very far until we get some kind of a, you know, a signal that, uh, hey, uh, it, we need to turn around and, and, and rethink this, this situation. What is the signal? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll know it when it happens. Oh, was that just a saying? <laughs> I okay. mean, you know, it could, be, it could be some real negative economic news out there. Um, it could be... Uh, and, and yeah, I mean that would have to be it. It, it. Negative economic news, you know, the stock market's reaction to to any rate hikes that not, might happen. Um, the uh, just you know, and and yeah, inflation is is a bear. But if people stop spending money, um, you know, you get the same dollar of you get the same dollar amount of sales as a year before. That's telling you that. You're, you're selling fewer units because each unit is more expensive, um, so that you know that can have an impact. But just nothing seems to slow this this market right right now. Okay, Kip, what are your thoughts? I um, what I can't argue with anything that Gerald said. I I may be a little bit less bullish on the current crop but I but there's no reason I mean the demand for cotton is there as he said and the problem is getting it from point A to point B I, I think the market could relax a bit if, if the world trade were, were more active I think you know people could perform people entities could perform better I don't think that's going to happen in near term so I, I agree with with Gerald's thought that it's going to be pretty hard to see this market set back dramatically. 
probably a few cents, you know, a nickel maybe or something like that just because markets trade. But um, I don't see a whole lot on the downside. The upside, 120, 122 for the current crop. New crop, I, you know, I just maybe we can go three, four cents down from here uh, in the near term. Uh, but I don't think it holds much. Since, uh, you know, I think it's going to be hard to hold the lower levels because there's just too much demand for it. Until we find out, uh, and this may be part of the general catalyst we're looking at, until the mills back off and say, okay, enough, I'm going to move to polyester in a big way, uh, then I just don't see any reason why this uh, – or if the inflation somehow or another just stops in its tracks, don't think that's going to happen. I think we just keep prices up here, and, and new crop around a dollar plus is certainly achievable. Uh, but I think more importantly, just the downside is pretty limited for the next at least probably couple of months. And so maybe it's just three or four cents on the downside and, and a little more on the up. Okay. Away. Uh, ramblings a little bit. Thank you, uh, Pat. The uh, – uh, we, we typically see a little boost in the market going into Christmas or the last week uh, or going into New Year, and they'll carry us to where we are now, mid-January, maybe a week later. Well, then we get a little bit of a sell-off in February, but uh, that, that's just talking out loud to listen to myself, so I don't know that that's going to happen. I like, uh, I like uh, Kip's price range probably a little bit more than he likes it. I, I would go up to a dollar and a quarter and down to a dollar fifteen in this area, maybe maybe a dollar fourteen. Well, that's the dollar thirteen to a dollar and a quarter in old crop. Uh, and that would would be my thought there. New crop, uh, the the inflation figure, the 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 drought figure. There's so much more time. Uh, but the U.S. carryover is getting a little low, so there's going to be a lot of pressure on the new crop per se to get in the ground, get planted, get up. But I do have to be concerned about increased acreage. Uh, the the telltale as to when uh, uh, what that point is where where new crop begins to sell off, I, I don't know. I, I, inflation is a major issue. I think I don't know this. I think that. Uh, the Fed chair has has signaled to us pretty clearly that he's going to, that the Fed's going to raise rates one quarter percent each uh, each quarter for a full percentage rate for the year. I would not be surprised that uh, if it's more than a I, I would be surprised if it's more than a quarter in February. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a full half percent in in uh, the the next quarter that could be a little bit bearish of going a full quarter when they've advertised so broadly it'll be a quarter percent each each quarter uh so uh as as the guys have said i have to concur completely and that's always dangerous when we all concur when we concur uh that would have the same conclusion but uh uh, I, I don't think we're going any any, any lower relatively here in the next three months uh tend to go a little bit higher so but that that's where i would what would come out all right any final thoughts from anyone yeah i i do i would want to make one comment actually i want to ask gerald this question because we've talked about this inverse in the market for a while and we we're having a little bit of difficulty shipping this cotton out which is the reason most of the reason why usda reduced the exports why aren't we seeing more cotton 
certificated at this point in time to sort of help alleviate this inverse. I've been I've been sort of mystified why we haven't. Uh, I have some thoughts on maybe why, but I'm just curious as to what others uh, think about why we're not seeing more certificated stock come on the contract to kind of alleviate this carry. Um, alleviate the inverse rather than get some carry. I, I, I said it backwards. I know what I meant. Well, you know, I think I think we're not seeing more certificated stocks because uh, you know I think it's all booked, try, get, trying to wait for a, a boat to to take it someplace. I, I don't know that you have a lot of free stocks to certificate. Okay, I, like that's it. what I think. I you know I don't I don't know mm -hmm. that, but yeah. Well, Kip, let me ask you now that Gerald answered it that way. Doesn't that isn't that a hint that there's that there's bullish pressure, more bullish pressure to come on the market? If if well, well if that's kind of go ahead, I shut up. No, no, if that I, I agree. If if that market is uh, if the cotton is committed and they they feel uncomfortable putting it on uh, on certificated uh, on the board rather, then. It does mean that that cotton is all our ending stocks at 3.2 are legit, and we don't have to worry about potential cancellations, or at least that's what the market's thinking. And uh, so maybe it is that. But my thought was that with this large inverse, that if you can't get, and my thoughts are that this shipment problem is not going to be solved. Although it does, it's not cheap to put cotton on the board. Sometimes it's, uh, if you don't get it shipped, you got to carry it. So sometimes you would do that knowing you have to take it off and ship it later. But some of this stuff, I think, is months behind on its shipments. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I think that's the case. All right. Well, I guess we need to wrap this up. Uh, we want to thank BASF for being our sponsor and, and making this program possible. Thanks for KIPP for leading us on our discussion today, and thanks for our panel also. And that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network. Thank you. <laughs>